Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. I'd like to welcome you all to the 12th episode of the Qazwini Brothers podcast. Today we're going to be talking about billionaires. We'll talk about how to try to get on track to start, you know, accumulating wealth, how to try to be more successful. And then we'll talk about, you know, the pros and cons of being a billionaire, if being a billionaire is really needed, and things of that nature. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-rajeem, bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala muhammadin wa alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin. Allahumma salli ala muhammadin wa alihi muhammad. First and foremost, um, I would like to say that today, while... Uh, Many people will be supplicating and doing du'a in uh, what is assumed to be Laylatul Qadr. So for some people it was uh, yesterday and for some people it is today. Uh, please keep all those who are in need, all those who are less fortunate, all those who are in the hospitals uh, are ill. And all the mu'mineen and mu'minat in your du'a and in your prayers. And... The reason why we chose to discuss this topic today is I believe that a lot of people's du'as and supplications are very much connected with the notion of wealth, of having a better uh, financial year, um, of becoming wealthy, becoming rich. That's uh, probably the majority of people's prayer, uh, whether they are Muslim or non-Muslim or in whatever age they, they may be in. Um, is that a correct prayer? Is that an okay prayer? How wealthy do you need to be? Um, uh, those are uh, those are going to be the pillars of this discussion. How is it that we will we we have to? How is it? Uh, what is the appropriate way of treating wealth in our life? And uh, most importantly, becoming a millionaire, becoming a billionaire. Is that something we should aim for? Um, is that something that's necessarily going to make our life better? I think those are some of the things that we're going to be discussing today. Right, so the main points we'll be going over today, uh, number one is materialism. Number two, do we need billionaires? Number three, we'll talk about Muslim billionaires. Uh, number four, we'll talk about young billionaires. And then we'll talk about immigrants and the American dream and the immigrant dream. And then at the end, we'll talk about whether being a billionaire is ethical or not. So uh, we have billionaires, you know, billionaires exist in the world because humans by nature um, are obsessed with accruing wealth and accumulating wealth. That's just how we are. We want to keep getting money and keep getting money. And it seems that some of us are never satisfied no matter how much we have. So what is this you know, human nature within us that makes us keep wanting to accrue wealth and be materialistic. Yeah, um, so if we were to take this from the Quranic perspective, um, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes this whole notion within the Holy Quran, and obviously we're in the blessed month of Ramadan, a month in which we are meant to pay more attention to the Holy Quran, spend quality time with the Holy Quran, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Fajr, uh, verse number 20, 
says a general statement about all of human beings. And uh, you are infatuated with wealth. Mm -hmm. You love money, basically. And you realize that, like you said, all human beings are, uh, are, are striving in order to achieve more wealth and accumulate more wealth. Uh, right. uh, even a, a little child that literally does not really know the value of money. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, a child that probably does not know much about, you know, how much things cost at the age of two or three. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they cry, the best way to get them to be quiet is if you just give them money. Right. And same thing goes for, you know, world leaders and politicians and, and, and very wealthy people and successful people around the world today where they're also silenced with money. They're also very happy with money. Um, and I see a lot of unfortunate uh, problems uh, occurring within families. Uh -huh. Because, you know, some one day this guy is wealthy and he's doing very well and he has a successful job and his family, his wife, his children are happy with him. The next day, for whatever unfortunate reason, he loses his job and, and you know, they have to give up the house or the cars or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And you find that his own family are turning against him now because he got them used to this lifestyle. Right. So sometimes we start making very unfortunate decisions and we start acting in very unfortunate ways when it comes to money because we find ourselves being the, the product of that money. Meaning, if it wasn't for the money, I would be nothing. Mm -hmm. Nobody would even know me or respect me or recognize my existence. Yeah. But because of that money, it is who I, it is that, you know, the, because of that money, people respect me. People look up to me. People right. will greet me. People will stand up for me when I get into a gathering. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's, Sometimes also the reality because unfortunately some people become so shallow in the way they behave when they have money that um, it, it really is just uh, the way people treat them is just an exterior, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just, just the way that uh, people uh, behave uh, around them. But when they're not around, people see that, you know, uh, they, they're, they're not very respectful. Uh, they don't have the correct etiquettes hmm. of dealing with others. Anyways, that's a completely different subject. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran in chapter 102, Surah Al-Takathur, says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Al-Hakum al-Takathur hatta zurtum al-Maqabir. Allah speaks of this notion of worldly gain, that we are constantly uh, struggling to, to have worldly gain. Um, and you see a lot of people, you know, looking into their bank accounts. Oh, I have $5 million. I have $10 million. I have $20 million. I have five properties. Now I have 10 properties. Now I have 20 cars. I have uh, 30 exotic vehicles. I have five vacation homes. And they start listing those things. I have seven mm -hmm. companies. I am this, I am that. And it's all worldly gain. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in one ayah that I really want people to go and ponder on this evening in Laylatul Qadr is in Surah An-Nur, verse number 37, where Allah subhanahu uh, I'm sorry, uh, prior to that, Surah Al-An'am, 
verse chapter 6, verse 94. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically states, you don't own anything. Mm -hmm. You don't own the cars, you don't own the bank account, you don't own the land, you don't own the vehicles, you don't own your home, you don't own anything. Even the clothes that you're wearing, even the ring in my hand, I don't own it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خَوَّلْنَاكُمْ um, You were able to use them. You have authority, you had authority over them, but you weren't the owner of them. Mm -hmm. Because this land that we're sitting on today belongs to someone. And tomorrow it will belong to someone else. Right. And in a hundred years it will belong to someone else. So we are the ones using it today. But tomorrow someone else will use it. Mm -hmm. The car that we own today, we own, it, we own it today. Tomorrow someone else will own it. Similarly, the bank accounts. You know, all this money that we have accumulated. If I die this moment, it will all go my, to my inheritors. I won't be able to keep a penny of it. Right. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says for a specific period of time, maybe for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you were the ones that were able to deal with those materialistic gains. Mm -hmm. You had an extra $1,000 or you had an extra $100,000 or a million dollars. You were able to use it for some time. When that period is over, it could be in your lifetime or it could be after your lifetime. It will be over. You will no longer be the, 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 the owner of that. And that's very, something very important for us to ponder on in such an evening, brothers and sisters. Imagine the moment when we, in, in those nights, read Dua Abu Hamza Thamali. For those who have not read Dua Abu Hamza Thamali up until this evening in the month of Ramadan, please do so. And Dua Abu Hamza Thamali, Imam Zayl Abdin speaks in many areas where he talks about the notion of Ilahi akhraj dunya min qalbi. Oh Allah, remove the love of the dunya from my heart. Why? Because he says, Mali la abki. Why shouldn't I cry? Because I am crying because I'm, I will be transported to another home, my permanent home. Have I, uh, have I decorated this home? Have I made this home comfortable for myself? Um, how will I feel if I was to leave this home that I am now, that I live comfortably in now, and go to my permanent residence? Right. Um, those are the things that we have to remember. You know, when, when they put us on that, uh, uh, when, you know, when they're about to wash our body and put us in a coffin, they... You know, they'll take out the, the, the glasses, they'll take out the car keys, they'll take out the deeds of the... Everything will then, in that very moment, will go to the inheritors. Mm -hmm. And we will be left with nothing besides our a'mal. Right. Um, so, first I think it is very important that we understand the relationship of man, human beings, and money. It's an inseparable relationship. And it doesn't mean it's bad. You know, like I said, the, the reference that I gave, Surah An-Nur, verse 37, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh -huh. um, رَجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِهِمْ تَجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْعٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ Those people, their businesses do not take them away from the remembrance of Allah. Meaning it does not make them forgetful of Allah. Uh -huh. So Allah says, but... A good quality in them is that they're conducting business and they're doing business and they're striving. And in fact, we have many hadiths and traditions from the Ahlul Bayt. Obviously, that is not our topic today. That, you know, 
do business, get yourself into business. Don't say, I don't know anything about business. Don't, don't ever not invest your money. Try to grow your money because in investment and business, you, there is a sense of tawakkul on Allah actually mm -hmm. versus those who don't. Right. Because those who have that money keep it and say, you know what, that's it, I got it and, and, and I, I get, I'm going to keep it now. And that money is not going to grow, obviously. It's just going to decrease. Right. However, those who think, they research, they ask, and they get to, you know, they, they, they basically have this belief that, you know, if they invest their money here, it's going to be good for them. Then when they do all of that, they leave that up to Allah. And they say, oh Allah, I did my part. Now it's all in your hands. Um, that is the mu'min that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, describing here. And I also want to say something before you you move on to your next point that I, I felt that you know I, I didn't know where to put it in the in the uh, in today's uh, topic, but I think it's very very important crucial for us to talk about it. A lot of people believe that the wars happening around uh, within history and around the world are caused by religion, mm -hmm. are caused by God, and that's what atheists keep telling you agnostics, especially atheists, you know, why is God good? Why do you need to believe in God? Right. Uh, isn't God the reason why so many people were killed throughout history? Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the Crusades, with the Islamic excursions or, or invasions, whatever you want to call them, doesn't matter. Um, wars based on religious ideology. And I believe that those people have really either they are uneducated or they have misunderstood history. None of those wars, none of them, I mean literally none of them, were because of God uh -huh. or godly reasons. All those major wars were because of money. Right. Because of people's greed for money. Yes. It just happened so that the best way to mobilize people to get into those wars was religion. Was religion. Right. But in the end of the day, many of the Islamic invasions um, or excursions or the mm. expansion of the Islamic empire was because of money. Definitely. Was because of the fact that those people had an army. They wanted to expand their territory. And what was the prize money for those generals in that army? Was land. Mm. Was territory. Was, was new uh, governance, you know. Right. Uh, for example, Omar ibn Sa'd. Why did he kill Imam Hussein? Mm -hmm. He sure. killed Imam Hussein because of... Damascus. No, because of Ray. Right, Iran. al-Ray. Mulk al-Ray. Right. And, uh, and he knew he was doing something wrong. But he says, This is what I want. And obviously he never got it. Same thing, same thing goes for the Christian Crusades. The Christian Crusades, yes, it was done in the name of Jesus or, or God um, or Christianity but Christianity doesn't you know want people to go around killing each other right. uh, similarly until today it could be uh, said that oh you know those wars are because of uh, terrorists because of uh, whatever you know all sorts of reasons can be given right but at the end of the day it's all about money and everybody knows it's all about money. It's always been about money. Right. The way that some governments treat some minorities, it also has to do with money. Every time you find politicians becoming corrupt, it's because of money. Um, every, even religious leaders. Right. We have a hadith saying, you know, the, the religious leaders could be the best of people or the worst of people. They will become the worst of people 
when they start changing the religion of God and the words of God because of money. And look at history, how many times religious leaders all across the major world religions have changed the message of God knowingly because they were getting money. Yeah. The point you made uh, resonated with me. I, I think a quote that would fit this is, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Yeah, you know, exactly. The money, the money makes them, but they don't really mm -hmm. make the money. Yeah. So if that's the case for some people, it's it's really sad. sad. Yeah. So talking about that, you know, that that was kind of a negative aspect, maybe of being a billionaire. Do we really need a billion? You know, billionaires on this earth, people that have one thousand million dollars. This is so much wealth. Um, you know, accumulated in the hands of one person. And if we see statistically, one or two percent of the world holds the wealth for the 99 or 98 percent of the rest of the world. So do we even need billionaires? Um, well, I think a good way to get into this topic is through looking at the pros and cons of being a billionaire. What are the pros? What are the cons? Amongst the cons for individuals, whether you're aiming or you're praying to be a millionaire or a billionaire today. You know, first you have you have to understand that those guys have at least one thousand million dollars. Mm -hmm. So they got a million dollars at least a thousand times. Right. Some of them three thousand times. Some of them ninety thousand times. Um, and uh, so. Is there anything good to that? Is it, is it, you know, could it be good? Could it be bad? Uh, money by itself, according to Islamic traditions, and according to, I think, all the religious and mystical teachings, and I think according to, the, to, to people that see the behavior of people who have money, will tell you that it comes with money. The more you have money, comes with more greed. Right. More money, more problems. Yeah. You think that you have money and you're going to be more generous. You think you have money and you're going to be more giving. Right. You think you have money and it's going to be easier for you to depart away from it. But the, 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 uh, the, the very first foundations of money, I mean the, mm -hmm. the very first ingredients of money is that it comes with greed. Right. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a beautiful story in the Holy Quran that portrays this in Surah At-Tawbah, so, uh, the story of Hanbala who was a broke guy and he would tell the prophet, oh, please pray for me, pray for me. I, if I pray, I'll do this. If I, if I get money, I'll do this. And every day he was telling the prophet promises in front of people and asking the prophet to, to make a dua for him. And the prophet right. would say, alhamdulillah, this is not going to be a good dua for you. Yeah. This is not going to be good for you. And, you know, uh, he then became an example that Allah puts in the Quran for Muslims then until today. That when he did get his money, he stopped going to the masjid, he stopped attending Salat al-Jum'ah, he stopped giving until Rasulullah who had prayed and, and got him this all this wealth by a mu'jizah, by a miracle. Mm -hmm. When he sent to him to give his khums and zakah, to give his charity, to give his Tax. taxes, he refused the messenger of Rasulullah. Wow. He wasn't willing to give a penny. And this happens to a lot of people, by the way, you know, first couple of years when the business is starting, he'll pay homos and he'll pay 
zakat and he'll pay his charities. And then when he became, makes the first million, he's like, that's it, I'm untouchable. Right. I'm going to aim for the second million. And then some people will say, you know, I've, I, I'm, I'm $200,000 short of one million or two million or 10 million. And that's my khums. If mm -hmm. I pay it, I won't be at that number. Why do you need to be at that number? Anyways, so it comes with greed. That's for sure. So Definitely. the first area that you need to work on, if you're getting money and if you're getting richer, and you know if you are or not, is you have to, you have to put yourself into that anti-greed mindset. From the very beginning, the more you make, the more you give. The more you make, the more you give. And that is something very difficult for some people. It literally is like, you know, they would rather give their soul away. Right. I, I know, you know, this is a, like almost an Arabic phrase where they say, you know, he would rather give his ruh or his, mm -hmm. his soul to Israel than his right. money to other people. Definitely. Number two, it comes with arrogance. Mm -hmm. People who have money automatically become arrogant, unfortunately. Right. Sometimes they know and sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they're aware of it and sometimes they're not. But arrogance is there. So second thing you have to do is you constantly have to fight your arrogance and you have to be humble. Right. Number three is forgetfulness of God. We, need, we pray to God because we want money. We pray to God because we want health. We pray for money because we want a better life. But mm -hmm. because money makes us feel so comfortable and arrogant and we see how people that start needing and start needing us as in they'll start being so humble with us mm -hmm. we start feeling like a god ourselves you know little gods on earth and uh, and it comes with uh, with you know forgetfulness of god so you have to constantly as somebody who's getting wealthy and rich, especially if you're aiming for the billion, you have to make sure that you don't forget God, nor the creation of God, nor others who are poor or impoverished. So those are the cons. But what about the pros? Is being a billionaire, does it have any pros? Um, or, a, a, you know, a, a wealthy millionaire, $100 million, $200 million, $300 million, even $10 million. Right. Um, you know, amongst that is that you can do a lot of good, a lot of good things. You can build a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. You can literally change the fate of many people. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, you go to all the remote villages in the Muslim countries, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Malaysia, Iran, Iraq, Turkey, uh, Afghanistan, and you go to those remote villages where they don't have schools. They have what's called madrasa. Yeah. Madrasa is literally translated into school, but it's different. It's where maktab, you know, it's where they teach them Quran and then they abuse them. There are villagers teaching them this. Versus if you want to build 100 schools in one country, 100 schools, you know, some schools can cost $20,000, $30,000 in some countries. With literally $30,000, you can build a school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you change the life of those people. This guy could grow up and, and become a terrorist. This guy can grow up and, and he finds that there is no reason for him to continue living. He's broke. Mm -hmm. Things will never get better for him. So what is he going to do? He's going to become a terrorist. Uh, 
because they're they'll pay him because they'll they'll uh, you know they'll uh, they'll get him out of this misery that he's in today. Right. Uh, or you can get this person an education. He can end up at a university, get a job, change his family, and then slowly change the fate of of, of literally communities and countries and, and and little villages or what have you. You can build hospitals. Uh -huh. Sometimes, or you can vaccinate. Millions of people around the world that are in need clinic. of make a clinic, you know. Um, you can create jobs. With jobs, you create hope. Right. There are people who are jobless around the world, especially in Muslim countries. And those people become the targets mm. of terrorist groups because they have nothing else to do. So if you are able to give those guys jobs where they're going to go work hard and have an earning in the end of the month, you're giving them hope to continue living. Right. So become being an, a billionaire is definitely um, something that could be taken advantage of uh, and, and can be very good for society. It also creates a secure a sense of security in society. What do I mean? If you have a company that's worth in the billions, then you have definitely have created jobs, right? Right. The more you create jobs and the better you pay people, the more secure that society will be. Why? Because people won't have time to go and, and, and fight with each other, to, to rob each other. to Because look, this guy has to wake up in the morning, go to work, come back, pay the bills. He's busy, he's happy. He's But it, when he's jobless, that's when you're going to have break-ins. That's when you're going to have people going into a supermarket and, and, and stealing things. And that's when, you know, you'll, you'll have many of many problems. Right. So billion-dollar industries do create jobs, and that is something that is considered good. Being rich, you know, whether you are a millionaire or a billionaire, you're happy. Your family's happy. Your extended family's happy. And you can make your friends happy. Um... And is that, is that bad or good? You know, a person comes to Imam Sadiq in such nights and he says to him, Ya Ibn Rasulullah, pray for my dunya. Um, so Imam says, what, what do you need? He says, I would like to have a bigger home. I would like to have a better dabba, which is an animal that he used to uh, uh, transport. transport himself or his goods. So maybe he had a donkey now he wants you know a horse maybe yeah. he had an old horse or a lazy horse he wants a better horse whatever he had a small home now he wants a bigger home and then he says i want to pay my debts mm -hmm. and then i want to pay the debts of my family members i want to make my family and my kids happy and i want to then then i want to start giving to my family and my friends and imam sadiq says but this is a dua for your akhirah Allah will reward you for all those du'as. Uh, that is not being selfish, that's being selfless. You know, and and Rasulullah says, min al Amongst the good things in a person's life, in a mu'min's life, is that he would have uh, a good horse. So, you know, Islam is not against you having a, a nice car. Or, yeah. uh, or, or Islam is not against you. Min al He says, you know, it's part, it's, it's, it's having a good horse and a bigger home a big home a home that you're comfortable in and a home that you can invite your guests right um, there's nothing wrong with uh, you know living comfortably there's nothing wrong with um, having wealth 
and there is nothing wrong with spending it. In fact, Allah in the Quran says, Show that people, show people and tell people that Allah has blessed you. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. You have a nice car, it's from the blessings of Allah. You've worked hard, Allah has blessed you. There's right. nothing wrong, you can show it off. But not in an arrogant way, by the way. I don't mean yeah. show it off as in, you know, go around honking at people's home. Hey, yeah, you can drink car. maybe. Yeah, no, no. Much. I mean, like, you don't have to sh be shy from it. Right. You don't have to hide it. Right. Um, so it has pros and cons. And I think for people, it's, you know, sometimes they're tested with lack of wealth. And sometimes they're, they're tested with wealth. And that's what the Quran says. And you just have to figure out, you know, which test you're given and, and how you're going to basically pass it. But I know for a fact that having wealth is a much more difficult test than not having wealth. Right. That, that I know for sure. Yeah. What I kind of understood from what you said is that we need more Muslim billionaires. That way, you know, more Muslim billionaires that can use their money ethically to build schools, do projects like that. Uh, what is the importance of Muslim billionaires? So basically, um, I don't... Uh, let me let me let me say something. You know, you, we would have to differentiate between Islamic and Muslim. Mm, right. Today we have Muslim billionaires who are the worst people on the face of this earth. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, literally. Definitely. Literally, they are the ones causing terrorism. They are the ones causing war. They are the ones destroying this world out of greed. They are literally the worst people ever. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Islamic billionaires, meaning uh, people who have Islamic value. Now, this guy could be a non-Muslim, literally, mm -hmm. or he could be a Muslim. Uh, we are talking about, and so what do we mean? We mean Islam meaning submission to God. Mm -hmm. Those who do things out of their love for humanity and out of their love for God. Those are the type of people I'm talking about. However, I want, to I want to focus on one issue, and that is putting our children and our youth on that road to success at an early age and, and letting them understand that this is something you should aim for. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to constantly remind those youngsters that it's not enough for you to just be somebody who is normal in society. We want you to be a millionaire. We want right. you to be a mega millionaire, a billionaire, in fact. And we have to teach them and train them. Today, we have, uh, we, by the way, we have billionaires in our community. Right. Um, uh, obviously, they're, they, some of them don't, most of them wouldn't announce it. I mean, mm -hmm. so, I mean, but they are. And there, there are billionaires in our, in our community. Um, I wish they would be more generous, that's for sure. I would be, uh, uh, there would be more, they would be more godly. They would be more giving. Some of them are, but not as much um, right. that they should. Uh, anyhow, that's so. So, the, and there are people in our uh, community who are extremely wealthy and extremely successful. You know, they don't have to be billionaires, but they are extremely wealthy, extremely successful. But they're not willing to become the mentors of younger people. Right. Basically, they're not willing to have their own shows or have their own talk shows or podcasts or come out there and say, you know what, I've made this fortune. No, they want to hide that. They want to keep it away from people for whatever valid reasons. I'm not saying their reasons are invalid. But who's going to now motivate the rest of our community to aim high, to right. grow big? You know, if I can learn from the mistakes of others, 
then, you know, how many people did Warren Buffett help become millionaires? By sharing his experience, by teaching people, and he became the mentor of millions of people around the world, uh, and he helped people. I, I don't know the exact numbers, whether they're in the hundreds or the thousands or the hundreds of thousands or millions to become millionaires. But he did help people. And this is what I want to say. You know, in, in our madrasa or, or in our uh, weekend schools or if you have Islamic schools, make sure that you have a class offered to children, whether it's summer class, whether it's a weekend class, whether it's a one-hour class a week, whatever it may be, on how to become a millionaire, how mm-hmm. to become a billionaire. Let them aim high. Let them understand the value of having to be successful people in our community. And then teach them to set up small businesses at a young age. You know, let them start. So I know very successful people, very wealthy people. And I've asked them, you know, to share some of their lives with me. And some of them are made from nothing, literally nothing. And I know one of them told me that, um, you know, he would go around when there was big gatherings in his community. And he would sell goods, goodie bags. Right. You know, he would make that goodie bag and it would cost him five bucks or or, 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 or it would cost him one dollar and he would sell it for five dollars. Nice. And he said, I started doing this when I was seven years old. And this got him to train his mind of how supply and demand works. And mm-hmm. then now he has one of the most successful businesses. So I want to say, get your kids, get the youth, get the younger folks in our communities ready for this. Train them. Send them to seminars. Have seminars in our community. Bring such inspirational people to talk to them. Help them start small businesses. Mm -hmm. Let their businesses grow. And if that happens, if they are the result of, if, if them becoming billionaires or millionaires is because of the fact that the masjid did this for them, the masjid made it happen for them, his community made it happen for them, then they will give back. Today, the billionaires in our community are giving, but they're giving very, very little. Right. The mega millionaires are giving, but they're giving very, very little compared to what they have. You know who's giving? The guy that's making uh, less than $70,000 a year. Those guys. Sometimes I know, I, 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 you know, there are so many inspirational stories in my life. I will, mm-hmm. I will never forget them. I remember I was in a fundraiser and... I asked for $10,000 donations from 10 people. And we ended up getting more than 10 people. And then when I looked at the list, I literally started crying. Because I realized that by one, so by so let's say it was a, a, a if we wanted to put all that number in 100%, mm-hmm. 60% were the poor people giving the $10,000 or not the rich ones, and 40% were the rich ones. Wow. And I remember the last one that I counted that put the, you know, the rich guys out of the, the lead was a person who used to work in Dunkin' Donuts. Wow. And I knew he had saved all this money for other plans. But then when it was, you know, when he felt that there was such a need, uh, you know, Islam had such a need for this di- you know, for this money, he forgot about his savings. He forgot that he makes minimum wage or just a little above minimum wage, and he gave that money. Now, this person, wallahi, his life changed. He may even hear this today. He may be listening, or he may get it later. Uh, 
in that same month, which was the month of Ramadan, he got married, he got a house, he got, you know, some, something very big happened. I don't want to talk about, you know, a, a specific person's life. But his life changed tremendously, immediately. And I have seen that happen. And I have seen, wallahi, wallahi, I have seen. People who were very, I mean, they weren't just, you know, they weren't just like five, ten million dollars. They were well over above ten million dollars. And when Islam needed them, and when they were given the opportunity to give their wealth and to be charitable, and they refused, wallahi, within one year I saw them lose everything they have. And some of them ended up being in prison. Wow. Because, you know, they had apparently got into some sort of fraud or problems. So, we have to make sure that, you know, we remind ourselves on such nights. You know, this is something that I want to focus on. To be charitable. To give fi sabilillah. Uh, you know, not to forget the fact that, you know, not to be so greedy with this wealth. Uh, forget, you know, just remind yourself of the moment that they put you in your grave. That you have to face Allah. That you have to answer for all the sins that you have for, for, uh, committed. Allah says, you know, when we give, when we are charitable, this is zakat. What is zakat? Zakat is like washing away. What does it wash away? Mm -hmm. wash away? It washes away our sin. It's a way for us to get our sins forgiven. If we do it, You know, I, I know that I have wronged myself by sinning. I have wronged others by sinning. I've, I've been... Sinful, how do I make up for it? I pray, I ask for forgiveness, but in the same time, I show Allah my love to Him by giving from what I love the most, by, by, by being charitable. And um, so back to our topic, I think we need Muslim billionaires. Why? Because we need more successful people. Mm -hmm. Because the ones that are rich today aren't very generous or as generous as they should be. Um, and the ones that are not up there are the ones that are being generous today. And you can ask this from any community leaders in, in our community in the West, whether it's America or Europe or whatever it may be. Yes, we have several, we have many generous, wealthy and generous people in our community. I'm not saying they don't exist. We have people who are running mosques, mm -hmm. full-fledged mosques by themselves. One, pre one person, two people, three people. Running the affairs of the whole community. We have such people. And right. alhamdulillah, may Allah bless them. And Allah has blessed them. And, and, and they should not look at how Allah has blessed them in the dunya. But imagine what would Allah do to them in the day of judgment. That, you know, or, or when they die. That you know, you... And Allah continues to support those people, by the way. Because they continue to support His sacred, uh, holy causes. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'll stop there and I'll say... That this is exactly why, uh, you know, we need to have more billionaires in our community. Yeah, uh, you know, me myself, when I see someone successful within the community, I always try to ask them questions, seek advice, because it's it's uh, you know some golden opportunities that these people could share with you. For example, if you see someone that's a, a very successful real estate agent. You don't have to sell 20, 30 homes in, in a week or in a year or whatever, but you could go ask them like, hey, how can I get my real estate license and start mm -hmm. young and do things like that? If you know someone that's involved in the stock market in your community that is, you know, very smart in that, 
just ask them tips, you know, see if they can help you give you a book or two or something like that. Um, and I know, obviously, there's a lot of young billionaires, too. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, people that are young, but also very successful. How, how did they, you know, maneuver through life to get to that point? Yeah, so basically, uh, I, I think the, the main, you know, the, the audience that we have are mainly youngsters. Right. Um, younger people, you know, probably, uh, you know, as young as... 18 to 50 years old, but I highly doubt we have... You know, seniors. I yeah, we have seniors. Yeah. So anyhow, what I'm trying to say is it is definitely possible for young people to become billionaires. Why? Right. Because it's already done. People have already done that. Mm -hmm. Most of them are, you know, they've inherited a wealth. So definitely. I'm not going to talk about that, even though there are people in our community who inherit a lot of wealth. Mm. You know, he inherits $10 million, $20 million, and now his... His job is to make that into a billion. But there are, there are others who are zero. They don't have anything. Right. Uh, do they still have a chance? Absolutely. And in fact, if you look at, you know, the young billionaires today around the world, for example, uh, one of them is the uh, founder of Stripe, mm. uh, which is a, a money-moving uh, app. Right. Right? Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he's a you know he's a young billionaire. The the founder of Snapchat right uh, is also a young billionaire, and awesome. uh, you know those people went to school. They worked hard. Um, you know the the founder of Stripe. If I'm not uh, if I'm not um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he sold his first company when he was 16 years old wow. for like five or ten million dollars or something That's like awesome. that. Um, Anyway, so, you know, there, it's not an excuse for people to be lazy, to people to think that, you know, somehow they're so special that a miracle will happen and they'll get rich. No, that's not yeah. the case. Um, you know, if you work hard, if you are spending more time than others while others are doing meaningless things, if you're doing meaningful things, mm -hmm. then you're working your way towards success. Sometimes their aim is not even to become a millionaire or a billionaire. Their, yeah. their aim is to live happy, you know, comfortable. live comfortable. Right. But, you know, some people have different aims. You know, he wants to become an author. He wants to become an attorney. He wants to become an athlete. He wants... And he knows that, you know, this road is not going to lead him to become a billionaire. Right. But he's okay with that, you know. But what I'm trying to say is young people have a chance and they have to start at a young age. Yeah. Most of us are immigrants, or at least uh, our parents were definitely immigrants, uh, Muslims living in the United States. There are some people that have been living here for generations, obviously, in certain yeah. communities, but for the most part, you know, we are immigrants, and we come from an immigrant background. Yeah. So talking about that, uh, what is the basically the American dream for immigrants in the United States? Yeah, so basically most of those people, most of those young billionaires, by the way, are immigrants. Wow. And they're people that got into, you know, good schools, uh, you know, while they, they came from other backgrounds. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is what the American dream is all about, right? Definitely. For people to come here, to know that they have a chance to work hard and to, to get up there and to make it happen for themselves. And, you know, we have to understand that we have to take advantage of it. We mm -hmm. have to, uh, first of all, be good citizens, law-abiding citizens, and then we have to be able to use the opportunities 
for example, I was reading that a school like Berkeley has more than 164 nationalities. Wow. So that's a school giving you a chance. Definitely. You know, other top schools in, in America are the same. They're giving everybody a chance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you can get there and, and, and make it happen for yourself. So being an immigrant does not only make your chances uh, less, but sometimes it makes it more because you understand the value of this country and then you start right. and, and, and you understand um, that, you know, you have this opportunity now and you start taking advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, talking about all this, you know, we've touched on a lot of points on the pros and cons of being a billionaire, things of that nature. Um, but to end this, you know, there's a there's a burning question for me. Is being in uh, being a billionaire really ethical? You know, like having one thousand billion dollars. Some people have up to thirty, forty billion dollars. That means if they sit there and just keep spending and spending every single day, it probably won't finish. You know, they have to get inventive with the ways they spend their money, um, and you know. I don't know the price on curing world hunger or ending uh, certain diseases like polio or things like that. But if all those billionaires came together, they definitely could do it. Oh, yeah. Um, so is it really, do we need people like that? Is it ethical to keep that kind of cash on you? So we have billionaires today, but uh, Jeff Bezos is, is believed to be the first trillionaire. Right. So imagine you know that much wealth in mm -hmm. in one person's hand, um, and to basically sum it up and be brief, um, it's okay to make billions, mm -hmm. but it's not okay to keep billions. Right. Definitely not okay, mm -hmm. because like you said, if you spend your whole family spends your mm -hmm. whole tribe and clan and and village and. Mm -hmm. Or, or your extended family and your friends and their friends and their family members start spending money uh, in the most comfortable ways possible right. that you can ever imagine. I mean, if you are uh, vacationing with uh, a private jet, uh, uh, renting villas mm -hmm. every single day Riding of your life, <laughs> whatever it may be, yeah. uh, you and your family and your friends... Uh, this will never be, uh, uh, it, won't end. it won't end for three generations, yeah. not even one, for three generations. So the rest of it, why are you keeping it? Mm -hmm. It's not ethical. Definitely. And the rest of it, you should give it away. And you must give it away if you're an ethical person. You know, some people, let's say he's worth a billion, then he gives like one million dollars. How is that generous? Yeah. You have, you have 1,000 mm -hmm. times this amount. That's like me having $1,000 and yeah. giving $1. Right. Or having, you know, if he has 1.5 billion and he's given 1 million, then that's like, you know, if I have $1,500 and I give. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, the number is large, but compared to what they have and how much they have, it's literally nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can leave your, your family, your friends, your loved ones, yourself, a lot of wealth aside and then start giving that away. That is ethical. Yeah. So being a billionaire, making billions is good. Mm -hmm. Keeping them is not good, yeah. obviously. 
I, I did a lot of research on that. Um, a while back, I had to write a paper on whether money buys happiness or not. And there was actually so many Harvard studies and Ivy League schools and uh, psychologists, things of that nature. They did studies on basically whether or not money made you happy. And obviously money, um, you need it to survive. You need it to live. If, if it makes you happy. It's, right. Like you said, it, it makes you happy when you give it away. Right. So... Like, but uh, these researchers proved that over $75,000 after that, there's no more th that you can make that will possibly make you happier. So after that point of $75,000, it's the same exact kind of happiness. Um, and the biggest point was philanthropy. Those people that had a lot of money, they were happy from doing acts of good. Yeah, um, that's the idea. Yeah. So if, if, you know, money will make you happy, happier once mm -hmm. you give it to other people. So right. once you get into the habit of being charitable, yeah. uh, you start feeling really good and you start feeling happy and, and, and you know, your life just yeah. suddenly... There's some people that has, have, you know, a giant house, but no one inside it but yeah. themselves or yeah. a miserable family or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Well, I think we, we wrapped it up here. Um, were there any questions in the comments? The, so there was one question, you know, um, someone asked about Bitcoin, um, you yeah. know, whether it's halal or haram. Yeah. I personally believe it's a terrible investment. That's just my personal view. Um, but uh, is, is it, what's the Well, that's a very long topic, to be honest with you, because okay. we have to talk about the digital world. We have to talk about the, the, the essence of money. What is money? How is... Mm -hmm. But I don't see why it would be haram just to say right. put it out there. Um, and I don't. I definitely do disagree. I don't see how it would be a horrible investment. I think uh, it could be good or bad. Right. Um, uh, just like the stock market or any anything else. So for those people, in fact, I know someone uh, in our community who made a lot of money. You know, he mm -hmm. had a, a, a pizza shop. Mm -hmm. He would sell. First, he was delivering pizza, and then he made a little shop, and then. When uh, when the uh, you know when crypto. the when the crypto uh, or, or specifically Bitcoin got introduced to the market, uh, you know at a later stage he he, he yeah. picked up on he picked up he picked up on it yeah and uh, he invested and and he invested all his life savings everything that he had he basically mm -hmm. sold the shops did everything and he put all that money in uh, in the Bitcoin. Uh, and he sold it at around twenty thousand dollars when you know when it hit its peak of right. like nineteen or, or or I don't know eighteen nineteen thousand. I I think it actually passed twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. So uh, he 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 would definitely disagree with you, and you would probably yeah. disagree with that comment if you uh, if you. Saw I mean, his it's bank. a highly accelerated uh, form of currency. There's no currency in the world that's accelerated by those kind of expo exponential. Numbers like. Yeah, so the Bitcoin itself, to, I mean, I'm not an expert on Bitcoin, but it's it's going to be divided into uh, smaller currencies right. once it hits its, uh, its uh, you know, once it's completed. But anyhow, uh, to answer that question, it's um, it's going to, uh, it's, it's not haram. Mm -hmm. However, there are details around it that need to be uh, discussed in a more fiqhi setup, and, and, and then we would have to just start from the beginning of discussing what Bitcoins are and and, and and how is it that they, you know, sometimes would become, you know, because it's just like money, you know, money, sometimes yeah. it could become, you know, you could fall into riba or usury or sometimes you're giving a loan and you think you're doing something good, but then mm -hmm. in fact it becomes haram. So just like, you know, laws apply to money, physical money, it also applies to crypto. Right.